This is episode 242 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are Prepping in College, Being Prepared for a College Bugout If Necessary, and The Many Uses of Baking Soda in Survival Situations. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, I'd like to welcome all our new listeners out there. Hey, and if you are not subscribed, you can make sure you do that in iTunes, Stitcher, or any other podcast network, and that way you make sure you never miss another episode of the Prepper Website Podcast. And with that, let's go ahead and jump into our first article. This first article is actually one of my own. I uh, have this over at edthatmatters.com. Uh, that's my personal blog where I blog about preparedness and, and uh, sometimes other stuff, but mostly it's all about preparedness. And uh, I blog there, and sometimes when people send me guest posts, I place them over there and then link to them over on, at prepperwebsite.com. But anyway, this first article, again, is entitled Prepping in College, Being Prepared for a College Bug Out if Necessary. And, uh, you know, I have some, some of my own kids that are in college. And well, I, I re- recently received an email from a young college student asking me some questions. And because I'm very familiar with, you know, the college scene or at least, you know, thinking about uh, preparedness and in college, uh, I was able to answer some questions. And as I answered those questions, as I was thinking about those and emailing them back, I was thinking, man, you know what? There's a, probably a lot of other people out there, uh, maybe not college students, but maybe there's parents, maybe there's grandparents out there who are, are preparing to send kids off to college or have kids in college. And this might be an article that is relevant to them. So I decided to go ahead and uh, put some of my thoughts down on uh, paper, if you would, and uh, you know, create this article, being prepared for a college bug out if necessary. So let's go ahead and start reading. I was preparing myself for a college bug out. When my oldest started his last year of high school, I realized that his decisions of if and where he wanted to go to college was going to impact me more than in the pocketbook. I realized that in the back of my mind, I would always be thinking about how far he actually was from home. How would he get home if the quote-unquote world went crazy? And what would things be like for him on the way back if the big one hit? Luckily, he chose to go to a local community college and then transferred to a program with the local university. But these thoughts came flooding back to me this week when I was emailed by a young college student. The email read, I have recently begun prepping as I find it fun and thought-provoking as well as practical. I have been reading some articles from your website and have begun listening to your podcast daily. First, I would like to thank you for putting time and effort into these tasks to help others become more prepared for WinSHTF. I also was wondering if you could point me in a good direction to continue prepping. I am a college student and don't have many funds available, but did put some money into a basic bug out bag. Besides improving my bug out bag, I'm not sure what my next step should be. I am living in a dorm over an hour from my house, so stockpiling food or water is not practical. I didn't know if you had any suggestions as to how I could best prepare while living on campus. Any thoughts are welcome. I responded to the email after a few days of thinking about this student situation, 
But I also thought that there are others out there, students, parents, and even prepping grandparents, who might be in the same predicament. So I would like to share and elaborate on my thoughts. The bug out bag. Having a college bug out bag is an important and key element for a university student. In a collapse or SHTF situation, they are truly in a situation where they should bug out to another location. That location is going to be home or wherever the family will be located if that is a bug out or retreat location. The bug out bag is going to have to match the distance that the college student is traveling. In the email that I received, the college student was only an hour away from home. In this situation, I would have a minimal bug out bag. I would have food or snacks that could be eaten on the go, water bottles, a phone charger, a means of defense, more on that below, and a first aid kit. I would also have always have the basics to filter and purify water, make fire, a knife, and materials to make a crude shelter if needed. Of course, the bug out needs to reflect the season of the year. Bugging out in the spring is going to look and feel a lot different than bugging out in the winter. And so let me just comment really quick here. That extra stuff like uh, what I meant by uh, have the basics of uh, to filter and purify water, make fire, a knife, uh, to make a crude shelter, I think those kinds of things should always be in a kit. And so uh, although you're only going in this, uh, in this scenario with this college student that lives an hour away, he's not going to need uh, a shelter and, and to build a fire. And all that. But I just think that it's always something, to good, something good to have in every kit. And so that's why I include it in there. Okay, so if the distance, or continuing on, if the distance from college to home is farther and will take days and maybe even weeks, the bug out bag is going to have to be more robust. For sure, food will have to be more substantial, probably a combination of dehydrated and even some survival tabs to manage hunger. Water will need to be replenished so a good filter is needed. A fire kit, first aid kit, shelter, defense, map, compass, or GPS, and clothes will need to be in place. Again, the distance and season will determine the specifics. The bug out bag should always be ready and stored away in a closet. It is recommended to have a bug out bag regardless if the student has a vehicle to travel home. You just never know. There has been a lot written on bug out bags. For more, visit what do I put in my survival kit? And there's a link there. All right, transportation. The perfect bug out would have the student getting into their vehicle and driving home without an issue or even catching a flight back home if they are across the country. However, not every college student can afford a vehicle on campus and you can't count on a flight. After all, we are talking about bugging out from college. You never know when SHTF situation you are really prepping for. The next best option would be a bicycle. If a bicycle can be kept locked up and not stolen, I think a regular mountain bike would do. The college student should have a spare tube, manual pump, and tools to change the tire if needed. They also make puncture-proof tubes that might be of interest. If the bicycle is not safe just being locked up outside somewhere, then a foldable bicycle that can go under the bed might be required. There are foldable bikes on the market that are made well and are reasonably priced. The plus side of having a bike on campus is that the college student could use it to get around too. Routes home. Regardless of the mode of transportation, the college student needs to have various routes home. A search on Google Maps will give a student or their family members helping them to prepare options. 
Once several routes are established, it would be a good idea for the student to take the various routes home when they visit home to make sure the routes are safe to travel, what concerns they might have, and if there are any potential resources that could be utilized in a bug out home. Defense. Defense is a big topic in the preparedness community. It should be for college students too. Unfortunately, most colleges are liberal snowflake hubs. The state of Texas does not allow college students to conceal carry on campus, but there are still rules that prohibit concealed carry in certain areas of the campus. Other states that allow concealed carry on college campuses are Arkansas, Colorado, Georgia, Idaho, Kansas, Mississippi, Oregon, Tennessee, Utah, and Wisconsin. And then there's a source there where you can go to that uh, and go check out those uh, some more information. One way that students can defend themselves if they can't carry a firearm is with pepper spray. Students should be familiar with their pepper spray and practice on deploying it quickly. Uh, there is uh, some pepper spray that you can buy. Actually, I think I linked to it here on Amazon that comes with the pepper spray and then it comes with a bottle that you can practice with. So it, it has the same, uh, I guess, uh, consistency of the liquid but it is, you know, it's not harmful. It's not, you know, so it's not going to burn or anything like that. So you can practice what it would look like, what it would feel like, you know, how fast uh, you need to uh, to move to get it to get it out and get it deployed. All right. And so I also have an article here, or link to an open letter to my past female students entering college, and uh, I am friends with some uh, you know, students that found me from you know years ago when I had them uh, when in elementary. Now they're going to college and I got to see some of their their posts and things like that and really uh, just kind of was concerned for some of them, you know, because I know that they're going off to a place and, uh, you know, they, they're, uh, they're good kids. They believe in the world. They believe there's good. And then there's just, you know, the, the possibility for a lot of harm to come to them. And so I uh, wrote that article. So that might be if you're in the whole college, you know, scene or whatever, you might be interested in that uh, in that article. And uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be for girls either. It can be for boys as well. You know, not everything applies, but uh, some of it definitely does. All right. So uh, the next thing is information. This area is very important and one that the college students should take seriously. Our world is so fast-paced and everyone is so connected that if an SHTF event was to happen, people would know pretty quickly. The problem is that college students don't always pay attention to the news and what is going on in the world. The good news is that almost every college student is plugged into social media. Like it was mentioned above, news travels fast. The hope is that college students will see any important news and events going on and monitor the situation to see if they will need to respond. One social media that young people use is Twitter. Twitter can be very helpful to g gather information fast. Personally, I use Twitter for news. That is the reason I only follow news organizations, uh, mainstream and also alternative news on Twitter. It is very easy to open the Twitter app and scroll a little bit to see if anything significant is going on. In an SHTF situation, it might be beneficial for college students to have a means to listen to radio reports, short wave, and weather. A good handheld crank solar battery operated emergency radio is nice to have. If the grid goes down due to cyber terrorism or an EMP, a small handheld ham radio like the Balfun enclosed in a small Faraday cage will be invaluable. Being away from home and in the middle of an SHTF situation, the college student's first priority should be to get home. 
A little bit of thought and consideration should be given to getting home. Parents can help their child with purchasing the gear they might need and helping them think through some of the plans they should have in place if they ever needed to bug out from college. All right, so uh, that's the article there. Uh, Hopefully it helps uh, some people. You know, I was thinking about, uh, there was in the the book Patriots, right? I think there's, and I think I'm remembering it correctly. I think there's a character uh, if it if it's this book or or one of the other books, but I believe there's a character who, uh, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, I, I'm pretty sure it, it is Patriots. There was a character, so he's he's uh, in college, and uh, the collapse happens, and so he saws off his shotgun and he uh, he heads out, you know, and he's going home, but then he winds up meeting up with the the main characters or whatever, and he winds up. Uh, I, I can't remember if he goes home and then you know home is completely destroyed. And so he doesn't know where his family is or whatever, or he never makes it there. I can't remember, but he winds up linking up with the main characters. And so, uh, you know, a little bit of, of uh, you know, insight there, possibly. If you've never read Patriots, uh, that's one of the, the classics that you probably should read. Uh, I remember when I was getting into preparedness, that was, you know, everybody was like, oh, no, you got to read Patriots. And uh, and then the other books came out and people weren't as happy of the at, at the other books that James Wesley Rawls wrote. But I didn't think they were that bad. So uh, anyway, so there you go. Go check out Patriots if you're looking for a fictional book to read. So that article was, again, over at edthatmatters.com, prepping in college, being prepared for a college bug out if necessary. All right, so let's go ahead and go on to our next article. Our next article is entitled, The Many Uses of Baking Soda in Survival Situations. And it's actually at doomandbloom.net. Now, uh, this is Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy's website. They normally do medical preparedness and, and those kinds of articles. This article was a uh, is one that was sent in by uh, a guest author. Now, on Fridays, for the Friday podcast, I always try to go into the archives and pull an article that, you know, that is uh, in the archives. And I was looking for something that I thought, you know, had multi-uses that I thought would be very valuable to, uh, to, to people. And so baking soda is one of those items that you can purchase it and there's many ways to use it. And, uh, in, you know, not only ways to use it at home, but ways to use it in a survival situation. And so uh, I want to go ahead and read this one. I think it's very valuable. It is one of the older ones from Prepper website. I mean, this one was, uh, this one was released in June of 2012. And so, uh, you know, I don't really, Uh, get to to talk about articles that are that old. And so I'm hoping, just to be a blessing to Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, I'm hoping that you will click on the link to go check this article out because what what they're going to see is they're going to see a bunch of hits on this article. They're going to be like, what the heck is going on? And uh, hopefully it'll be because people are going because of Prepper Website or the Prepper Website podcast. All right, so let's go ahead and read this article. Dr. Bones says, This well-written and highly useful article was submitted by our reader, Jim Sawyer, and tells you the myriad ways that baking soda makes sense to accumulate in bulk for survival situations. I have a ton of this stuff to help maintain sanitary and hygienic conditions in our retreat. Jim calls himself an old coot. Well, we need more old coots around like him. Me, I spend most of my time drooling on my shoes. (laughs) All right, so here we go. The world is on the brink of destruction and I have all my preps together. My water, food, fire making gear, guns and ammo, three different combat knives, five types of camo, 
water filters, night vision goggles, camping gear, a bug out vehicle, a bug out location, and a plan. I also have 20 pounds of baking soda. Baking soda? Yes, baking soda. After the balloon goes up, off-grid, in the post-apocalyptic zombie-filled world, there are tons of uses for baking soda. Baking soda or sodium bicarbonate helps regulate pH, keeping a substance not too acidic or too alkaline. When baking soda comes in contact with either an acidic or an alkaline substance, its natural effect is to neutralize that pH. It releases bubbles of carbon dioxide when it interacts with an acid and a liquid. Beyond that, baking soda has the ability to retard further changes in the pH balance, known as buffering. This capability of neutralizing and buffering allows baking soda to do things such as neutralize acidic odors. It's mostly common, commonly used in baking, where it acts as a leavening agent. If your wife is like mine, there is always an open box of baking soda in the refrigerator to soak up odors. I'm an old coot and have a bit of acid reflux. After the mutant zombie bikers trash all the drugstores looking for drugs, I doubt I will be able to get the prescription medication I take to ease heartburn. I doubt I will even be able to find a pack of Tums or Rolaids. Baking soda is a safe and effective antacid to relieve heartburn, sour stomach, and or acid indigestion. It's an old remedy that was used for centuries before Tums and Rolaids came on the market. Acid reflux runs in our family and my grandfather took a small spoon of baking soda in a glass of water after every meal to keep acid stomach at bay. He died at 105 back in 1957, but I still remember him mixing it up at the table. I can't say that baking soda helped him live that long, but it did make him a lot less grumpy. It also works great as a toothpaste. You can use it alone or make a paste from baking soda and a 3% hydrogen peroxide solution that can be used as an alternative to commercial non-fluoride toothpaste. Then there is your breath. Hey guys, if you want to have any quote-unquote companionship after we get to the BOL, you need, to, you need fresh breath. At least that's what they say in the commercials. Put one teaspoon of baking soda in half a glass of water, swish, spit, and rinse. Odors are neutralized, not just covered up. It also helps to reduce periodontal disease. Dentists are going to be hard to come by in an off-grid world. It will pay to keep your teeth and gums in good shape. Dr. Bones says, Don't underestimate the importance of dental hygiene. Have you ever had to go to work with a bad toothache? Probably not your most efficient outing. All right. So remember, I'm old. For those of you like me, you can soak dental appliances like dentures and bridges in a solution of two teaspoons baking soda dissolved in a glass of small bowl of warm water. The baking soda loosens food particles and neutralizes odor to keep appliances fresh. You can also brush appliances clean using baking soda. One of the things many of the writers of the 17th, 18th, and early 19th centuries mentioned in their writing was the way people smelled back then. In one word, bad. After the stink, pun intended, hits the fan and you are running for your life, baths may be hard to come by. I plan to bug out with a small group and I'd prefer the bad guys not be able to track us by the smell. Add a bit of baking soda in that bucket of water you use to wash the BO off and you will find that you stay stink-free longer. Without a telltale floral fragrance, you might get from soap that could tip off your location to the FEMA guys. 
In the Old West, at many saloons, a traveler could buy a token for, as they put it, bath, beans, and, uh, well, you know what, for five bucks. For an extra dollar, you could be the first to use the bath water. If you can get a bath, add half a cup of baking soda to your bath to neutralize acids on the skin and help wash away oil and perspiration. A little baking soda really helps when half a dozen folks are sharing the same bath water. Yes, I know you can wash in a lake, but what if it's winter and you live in Michigan? If you are smart, you are going to heat enough water for your group to bathe in and share. That is how they did it in the old days. After you bathe, pat some baking soda onto your underarms to neutralize body odor. Put a dash in your shorts to prevent chafing. Reduce odor and keep those delicate areas dry. Nothing worse than a case of crotch rot when you are on a cross-country hike. Don't forget to add a liberal amount of baking soda to your boots. It will keep your feet drier, better smelling, and help prevent blisters. Trench foot is no fun and it could cost you your life. There is not much that baking soda can unstink. You can use it when you wash clothes, scrub down counters after you butcher a hog, or to clean out the car you just spent six days and nights in bugging out. To soothe your feet after a hard day of hiking through the bush and running from bad guys, dissolve three tablespoons of baking soda in a tub of warm water and soak your feet. When you finally do get to your bug out location, there are still a lot of things you can use baking soda for. There is sure to be a lot of dirty work, chopping wood, digging latrines, and working on vehicles. Before you head in for lunch, use some baking soda as a hand cleaner. It will gently scrub away ground in dirt and neutralize odors on your hands. Baking soda can be used to neutralize battery acid corrosion on cars, generators, etc. because it's a mild alkali. Be sure to disconnect the battery terminals before cleaning. Make a paste of three parts baking soda to one part water. Apply with a damp cloth and scrub corrosion from the battery terminal. After cleaning and reconnecting the terminals, wipe them with petroleum jelly to prevent future corrosion. Our bug out location has a septic tank. Regular use of baking soda can help keep it flowing freely. One cup of baking soda per week will help maintain a favorable pH in your septic tank. You can extinguish fires with baking soda. It can help in the initial handling of minor grease or electrical fires because when baking soda is heated, it gives off carbon dioxide, which helps to smother the flames. For small cooking fires, frying pans, broilers, ovens, grills. Stand back and throw handfuls of baking soda at the base of the flame to help put out the fire. Scatter baking soda around the garden to prevent rabbits from eating your veggies. Using baking soda for repelling ants and roaches. After your local Walmart has been looted, you will have to make the clothes you have last a long time. You want them to look as good as you can. For stubborn stains, try soaking overnight in baking soda solution and detergent or scrubbing with baking soda on a damp sponge. Don't forget the many uses in the kitchen. First and foremost comes the end of the civilization. You better not mess with my coffee. You can eliminate bitter aftertaste in coffee pots using a solution of one-fourth cup of baking soda in one cup of warm water. Or one quart of warm water. Baking soda is the food safe way to clean dirt and residue off fresh fruit and vegetables. Just sprinkle a little on a clean damp sponge, scrub and rinse. When dipping a chicken to get the feathers off, add a teaspoon of baking soda to the boiling water. Feathers will come off easier and the flesh will be clean and white. In the camp kitchen, soak dried beans in a baking soda solution to make them more digestible. 
Remove the distinctive taste of wild game by soaking it in baking soda solution. Remove the fishy smell from your fillet by soaking the raw fish in a baking soda solution for an hour inside a cooler before you cook it. Reduce the acid content of your tomato-based recipes by sprinkling them with a pinch of baking soda. My acid reflux will thank you. And don't forget, you can still use it as a leavening agent when making bread. After the meal, make a thick paste of baking soda and water and use it to scrub enameled cast iron and stainless steel cookware. Remove burnt-on food from a pan by soaking it in a baking soda solution for 10 minutes before washing. You are sure to need baking soda in your medical supplies. You can treat insect bites and itchy skin with baking soda. For insect bites, make a paste out of baking soda and water and apply as a salve onto your affected skin. To ease the itch, shake some baking soda into your hand and rub it into damp skin. It even makes a fairly good cleaner for wounds, but it will sting a bit. Apply it on rashes and poison ivy irritations. The group medic can use baking soda to unblock a stuffy nose by adding a teaspoon of baking soda to a pot of boiling water and having the patient inhale the vapors. Do you have very small children? After the world as we know it ends, you will have to go back to cloth diapers. Baby skin requires the most gentle of cleansers. Dissolve half a cup of baking soda in two quarts of water and soak diapers thoroughly. A little baking soda in a diaper at night can reduce ammonia smell and the, and the rash it causes. After the fact, you can put two tablespoons in your baby's bath water to help treat diaper rash. Are your kids the four-legged kind? You can use baking soda to deodorize pet bedding and deodorize the cat box. Cover the bottom of the litter box with baking soda and then fill as usual with litter. To freshen between changes, sprinkle baking soda on top of the litter after a thorough cleaning. Eliminate odors from your pet's bedding by sprinkling liberally with baking soda. Wait 15 minutes or longer for stronger odors, then take them outside and beat them like you would a rug. You don't want the pet stinking up the cabin. Give them a bath using baking soda. It's good for their hair and skin and does a great job of getting rid of that wet dog smell. By the way, this baking soda bath works fairly well after skunk attacks for humans and animals alike. There you have it. Survival is not always about guns, ammo, and cool gear. Our ancestors did not survive. They lived the way and moved forward to make the world what it is today. No matter how much you store, you will have to go back to the basics at some point if you want to go on living. Stored stocks can only last so long. Baking soda has been a fixture in many wilderness homes for a long time. Our forefathers and mothers used it for a reason. It works and it does many jobs. Don't forget to include it in your storage. And Dr. Bone says, I was told by my dad when I was a kid that Armand Hammer baking soda was named after a turn-of-the-century philanthropist, Armand Hammer, and I posted as such here. If I had simply Googled it, I would have known I goofed. Guess you can't take everything your pop says as gospel. LOL. All right, so uh, like all the articles over at doomandbloom.net, you can, uh, there is a print-friendly button at the very bottom of the article and so if this is one of those that you want to keep and maybe put in a binder or or save or whatever you can do that and uh, again like I said there's that print friendly button that you can just click on and it'll uh, you can print it out for yourself well great article over here and uh, I love articles that talk about multi-use items and how you can use items uh, you know, in, in multiple ways. And baking soda is one of those. I think you can buy the big packages at Sam's. 
Uh, my only question is, is, you know, does baking soda, does it have an expiration date? Uh, of course, you know, we talk a lot about expiration dates. So definitely whatever the package says, I'm sure it goes a little bit longer. But uh, I don't know. I, I've never really looked into that. And uh, so I'm just curious about that. That might be something I, I look into. But uh, a lot of uses for baking soda. You know what? There's a lot of other items out there as well that has multiple uses. If you go to Prepper website and you go to the tag cloud, uh, you will you will see that in uh, well there will be a category for multi uses or multiple multi yeah multi multi uses multiple uses and uh, there's just a lot of articles out there and I'll probably for uh, the archive article on Fridays I might try to read a little bit more of those in the future because I think they're just so you know beneficial you know you got baking soda borax there are just so many things out there that. Uh, you can use in multiple ways. So I think this is great. One of those things that you should definitely know uh, because it replaces a whole bunch of other things, you know, and it's cheap. It doesn't cost a lot. Baking soda is pretty cheap. So anyway, that's over at doomandbloom.net. Go check that out. Like always, I will link to all of these articles in the show notes. And I'm sure uh, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy would love to see uh, a couple of visits over there. Uh, like I said, I think it'd be great. If uh, there was a, you know, they go and they look at their uh, their stats and then all of a sudden there's like, hey, well, what the heck? What's going on here? This is a old article from 2012. And, uh, you know, they, they see that uh, you know, a lot of that traffic is coming from uh, Prepper website or the Prepper website podcast. So that would be great. Hey guys, uh, this weekend I hope you get some time to rest and relax. Hope some you get some time to uh, maybe practice some skills, spend some time uh, with the family, whatever you know you have there. I, I just hope it's good and that you uh, you take that time to uh, use it wisely. If you are looking for more preparedness information, don't forget to come over to PrepperWebsite.com. We uh, we link we link all through the weekend, and so there's always great stuff, great articles on Prepper website that uh, that you can go and check out. And if you haven't, come on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you over there, and uh, love to connect with you. Like always, I always say this on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I love to connect with the listeners out there. Uh, with that. Choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.